0: I know that most of you, maybe maybe a handful of you, because I can see a couple people, at least, at least I know our cantor at the very least was at the 1230 Mass yesterday, but I know sometimes it's so frustrating because I only get to preach to parts and pieces of you, and so sometimes I say things in continuation of something else, and I know you don't always get to hear the continuation part of it. But one of the things I've been really adamant about lately, and I believe Jesus was as well, is that... Um, the true presence of our Lord in the Eucharist, especially off the heels of of the story of the road to Emmaus, the two disciples approaching the Lord on the road and getting to know him in the breaking of the bread. And one of the things, of course, that he impresses on everybody in the gospel today is the importance of focusing on the heavenly bread And not on the bread that they were fed with just at that feeding at the multitude and again and it's his way of telling us that we need to focus on heavenly things the way that we are fed with bread from heaven and not on our material existence because everyone you know everyone who does that yeah i'm trying to think now exactly how it said it in the very last part um, what can we do to accomplish the works of God? This is the work of God, that you believe in the one whom he sent. So believing in Jesus Christ, that big belief that we have in him, is by being fed with him, is how he's truly one with us. One of the things that I shared yesterday that um, I didn't share at the 5 p.m., I don't know, I know it's hard to keep me, keep me pinned down every once in a while. But I'm going to share it again um, because it's so unbelievably important, I believe. And I think we don't always get to hear these different things. So yesterday, one of the readings on the Liturgy of the Hours was from the first apology of St. Justin Martyr. Um, Some of you know this one because it's probably your favorite as well. But this is one of my favorite readings that comes up in the entire year of the cycle and the breviary. And the reason that it's so important is because sometimes you hear things about our belief in the Eucharist as Catholics that are they're like, oh, that's just some medieval invention the Catholics came up with. Oh, the Mass is a medieval invention. All these different crazy ideas like that. Well, this was written in 155. So St. Justin was one of the early fathers of the Church. The, the era of the fathers of the Church lasted until about the year 600. So these are the apostles to the apostles. So the apostles themselves obviously had friends and those that studied directly underneath them. So these are, only, these are very closely related to Jesus. They're learning directly from the men who learned from him. And so St. Justin, in 155, he was originally a spy, spying on the Christians to see what they were doing. And he describes back then something that looks very similar to what we do right now, our Catholic Mass. So I'm going to read this to you and explain a couple of things on the way. No one may share the Eucharist with us unless that he believes what we teach is true, unless he is washed in the regenerating waters of baptism for the remission of sins, and unless he lives in accord with the principles given us by Christ. He explains in the fullness of this letter and other parts of it, He explains that there is something called a catechumenate. And until you understand and believe what we believe as Catholics, you cannot receive the body and blood of Christ until you're fully initiated into the church, until you're baptized. We do not consume the Eucharistic bread and wine as if it were ordinary food and drink. For we have been taught that as Jesus Christ our Savior became a man of flesh and blood by the power of the word of God, So also the food that our flesh and blood assimilates for its nourishment becomes the flesh and blood of the incarnate Jesus by the power of his own words contained in the prayer of thanksgiving. So the prayers, the Eucharistic prayers that we use here on the altar. The apostles in their recollections, which are called the Gospels, handed down to us what Jesus commanded them to do. They tell us that he took bread, gave thanks, and said, Do this in memory of me. This is my body. In the same way, he took the cup. He gave thanks and said, This is my blood. The Lord gave this command to them alone. Ever since then, we have constantly reminded one another of these things. On Holy Thursday, the institution of the Eucharist happens, and constantly... From that point all the way up into this point, we constantly have celebrated the Mass. The rich among us help the poor, and we are always united. For all that we receive, we praise the Creator of the universe through His Son, Jesus Christ, and through the Holy Spirit. On Sunday, we have a common assembly of all of our members, whether they live in the city or the outlying districts. The recollections of the apostles or the writings of the prophets are read as long as there is time. Notice here, remember, our liturgy is broken up into the liturgy of the word and the liturgy of the Eucharist. Notice in the ancient church where the emphasis is placed. On the Eucharist, because the readings of the apostles and the gospel are read if there is time. So that means the most important thing that happened Was the actual celebration of the eucharist when the reader has finished the president of the assembly speaks to us the priest the presider we say and he urges everyone to imitate the examples of virtue we have heard in the readings what i'm doing right now the homily urging you to be virtuous catholics then we all stand up and pray together on the conclusion of our prayer Bread and wine and water are brought forward. Uh, well, we used to bring them forward. Hopefully, one day we shall do so again. The president, the priest, offers prayers and, give th- and gives thanks to the best of his ability. <laughs> There's one translation of this as some that says something like, "offers prayers at a considerable length," which I know some of you feel like when you hear those Eucharistic prayers. And the people give se- assent by saying, "Amen." The Eucharist is distributed. Everyone present communicates. And the deacons take it to those who are absent. The wealthy, if they wish, make a contribution, and they themselves decide the amount. The collection is placed in the custody of the president, who uses it to help the orphans and the widows and all who for any reason are in distress, whether because they are sick, in prison, or away from home. In a word, he takes care of all who are in need. We hold our common assembly on Sunday because it is the first day of the week, the day on which God puts darkness and chaos to flight and created the world. And because on that same day, our Savior Jesus Christ rose from the dead, for he was crucified on Friday, and on Sunday he appeared to his apostles and disciples and taught them the things that we have passed on for your consideration. 155, the exact structure of the Mass As we see it today. This is the earliest thing that the Apostles did, was try to structure something for the divine worship of God so that we could be fed with his body and blood in mass, so that a lot of people can be fed with his body and blood. But there are those stipulations. You have to be a fully initiated member of the church, and we have formal ways to do those things. This is not some invention That we came up with. It was divinely given to us by God Himself. And everywhere throughout the world, many of you have family members that live in different parts of the world. There are Masses being said everywhere at all times throughout the world. There are difficult things happening and difficult things that frustrate us. But the world will never overcome what's happening in every Mass that's celebrated around the world. And I remind us that just as those two disciples knew Jesus in the breaking of the bread, that is how we will know him until he comes again. God bless you all.